0: Have you ever seen uh Martin Green in anything else?
1: No, I haven't. I, I think I've heard that she was in Walking Dead, or okay. some. There's some other show that she was like a fairly main character in. And then I saw in the trailer for the new Space Jam movie that she's oh, LeBron right. James's forgot. wife. In that, <laughs> I
0: forgot about. Man, that movie looks so bad. Like, <laughs> not that. <laughs> The first one was like Casablanca or anything, but the way that like they reveal that like all of this Warner stuff is going to be in it, not just like Looney Tunes stuff, but just right. like the clown from it and like the the droogs from Clockwork Orange and stuff
1: are in yeah. it. It just looks like so just such a kind of like this corporate But I mean that's what you do now, right? Like that's what Freddy Player One or like the Ralph breaks the Internet.
0: Or... I hated both of those movies. So you're not you're not selling me. Ralph breaks the Internet. I don't understand why people liked that movie. Like Ralph Rick and Ralph One, not my favorite thing. But like, you know, there's some like fun stuff in there, and I get like the the Salja aspect and stuff. Ralph wrecks the Internet.
1: Is like well. First of all, it wasn't called Ralph wrecks the internet, which it should have been. Right. Yeah. It was. It was just called Ralph breaks the internet. Yeah. Ralph breaks the internet. Yeah, it should be called. Which, Ralph like you should have here. called it Ralph wrecks the internet. Like yes, I forgot right about that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It. It's Yeah. That's so from stupid. the jump. You're already. But like that that movie assumes that you're going to have like that the, the same nostalgic connection you had about Pac Man or Sonic, but about. Twitter. It's just, like, all apps. It's, like, Google. It's, like, oh, look, Google. And I'm, like, I don't care about Google. Shut the hell up. Like, it's, like, oh, man, I hated that movie, man. It was so boring and, like, it, yeah, I think it was, it really was, like, a a portent for more, like, brand as product stuff. And Yeah, yeah like, anyway, the trailer for that new Space Jam movie, it, just, it, it, yeah, it was, like, oh, it also... man, this is the apocalypse, like... <laughs>
1: Yeah, I watched that trailer with with Lisa, who has never seen the original Space Jam, actually. Mm -hmm. But she was like, I feel like the original didn't take itself as seriously as this one seems to, right? Like, the stakes of the original were just, like, a bunch of cartoons playing basketball, or else the Looney Tunes will be, like, sucked into space or whatever. And this one is just, like... LeBron James has to rescue his son from Don Cheadle, like yeah. I mean, <laughs> by the, playing basketball with Looney Tunes.
0: <laughs> yeah, in the first movie, I think the stakes. This is a space. This is a space giant podcast now. In that's the, right. And the first movie, the stakes were they were dire for the Looney Tunes.
1: For they, the Looney Tunes, they would have to be sort of yeah. They, they were like enslaved in, by, enslaved, by but, uh, this like space tv producer
0: maybe they were going to enslave michael jordan too i can't remember now i th- i feel like i do now i now that i'm thinking about it i do remember like a little animated michael jordan like in in chains or something really like they like the looney
1: tunes themselves that like recruited michael jordan <laughs> to help them they did
0: but then like he got roped
1: into it i think so like he, oh, okay. so he'd
0: have to play basketball in the in the theme park but uh, the thing that i think is so funny to me about the first space jam movie is that the first Space Jam movie has done something that I don't think I've ever seen in any other movie that I can th- in, in this way, where it purports to be canon, not to the fictional universe right. that it but inhabits, to but to Michael Jordan's Michael Jordan. real life. Yeah. Because it, it begins with the real, I think the real press conference that he did announcing that he was, he was retiring from basketball, which, if you recall, happened... Right after his dad was murdered, like it's like yeah. a very serious, like sad time for him. You know, even though like he won, he had won the championship or whatever. And then like it goes to him, and he's he's playing baseball, and he's bad at yeah, it. Yeah, like, like Or like
1: the White Sox minor league team. Yeah,
0: yeah and then they call him. They, then the Looney Tunes summon him, and he plays basketball for them, and that inspires him to be in basketball again and then you he comes back at the end and he's playing for the wizards or whatever like and it's like that's yeah. it's it's such a crazy thing to be like this is like a serious thing to happen to him. especially you know if you believe any of those rumors about like how he was you know some people think he was forced out of playing basketball because of all his gambling debts and stuff, and so oh, really? David Stern or whoever was the commissioner back then was wanted him to stop playing and stuff. Like it's such a funny thing that like they're like, no, it was actually it was actually the Looney Tunes. It was because of Bugs Bunny that he got back into it. <laughs> uh,
1: but I did. This is again far beyond the scope of what we should be talking about, before. but I guess we we might not have anything good to say about this actual episode. There's apparently a a like fan made video game called. Um, so there, there was an old basketball game called Barkley Shut Up and Jam. Mm. It was like a like Charles Barkley, like run-of-the-mill like basketball game, that, yeah. Like, branded with Charles Barkley's name, and so there is a game that is both a sequel to that and to Space Jam. It's like entirely a joke that's called like Barkley Shut Up and Jam Guidon, which like it's like a like basketball JRPG, but it it like starts with. This is canon in like Space Jam and therefore Michael Jordan canon. <laughs> and it's like like some like alternate future where Michael Jordan becomes like the dictatorial ruler of the world and like Charles Barkley has to lead this resistance against him or something. I mean it should also be Charles Barkley canon, because he's a, he's also in in Space Jam. They yeah. Space Jam. But it was I think based entirely on like that concept of like Space Jam being canon mm-hmm. for Michael Jordan, that's just like, okay, well this is also canon. <laughs>
0: Bisham is also funny because like it's it's like anything where like they try to like tackle something with like present day like celebrities or athletes where it's like some of some of like the real um, basketball players in that are like oh yeah I know who that is still and some yeah. of are like huh I'm not like a, a big basketball guy so my view is like not
1: necessarily to be trusted but then like I believe it is um, it's Charles Barkley. Muggsy Bogues, I think, is one.
0: Right, yes. And Mugg- I think
1: Sean Bradley is one. Yes. With, who is also, like, even, like, the Monstars version of him is still, like, tall, but actually very bad at basketball. <laughs> it's I like, forget who the other two are. M-
0: Muggsy Bogues is not, like, I mean, I recognize that name, although I'm not sure how much of it is because I have seen Space Jam multiple times. But, like, uh... I mean, I think
1: he's just famous for being short. Like, he was very good at basketball, but...
0: But he's not. He's not. He's Charles not yeah. He's not like, like a like
1: lasting. Yeah, yeah. Like when you like think of like like the cultural impact of Mugsy Bogues doesn't stretch. I think as far as yes,
0: yeah, so they steal the powers. It looks like from Charles Barkley, Sean Bradley, Patrick Ewing, okay, Larry Johnson, and right. Mugsy Bogues. And like, I guess I don't really know Larry Johnson, Bob, but Like Patrick Ewing and Charles Barkley. Like yeah, like that's who. He's, yeah. That's whose power That's he's who you would go for yeah. but then, Like these other people. It's like oh, sure, I guess like. Anyway, that's that's a good uh, eight minutes about Space Jam. Yeah. So uh, what were you saying about Sonequa Martin Green? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I had not really seen her or anything. And, and then I think in between the last time... I've also time... seen
1: her in some ads for uh, some Star Trek app that oh, yeah. they're trying to make me get.
0: Yes, yes. <laughs> so I saw her in something in between the last time I think we watched an episode uh, for this. And now, which was um, she's in... A few episodes of new girl oh really um and i had watched new, a lot of new girl when it came out and then i kind of got bored of it and stopped and then earlier in this year like when i was still mostly like working from home and inside and stuff i think like while i was like in the two week becoming immune period after my shot i was yeah. still working at home and i watched a bunch of new girl while i was working and she plays have you seen that show at all no, I haven't. Okay. Well, she she plays a woman who gets married to one of the main characters as a prank and like her whole thing is she's just obsessed with pranks. And so she just appears a few times in the show to like just pull these increasingly elaborate pranks and and so like the kind of in the first episode where she she and uh this other guy are doing all these pranks and it culminates with them getting married as a prank and that people are like that's not that's not a prank. Like, what? Well, how? Who is who is being pranked? And then, and then, at the end, like they're supposed to annul their their marriage because it was supposed to be just a prank. And then she reveals to that guy that she did not annul their their marriage and was deployed to Afghanistan to to prank him. And so, and she's really funny. She's really funny in those episodes that she's in. So I'm not like a huge fan. It's interesting
1: because it, yeah. yeah, it's a very different role than I feel like I yeah would expect from
0: yeah she, she yeah she's yeah. she's it's very much like a comedic role. and i I don't love her in these. I don't really I don't think it's really that it has anything to do with her performance, probably. like I, I think I just kind of find Michael sort of an irritating character. Um and like also, like, I think that like what she's doing, what Martin Green is doing is it's pretty precisely calibrated into this thing of like human who was raised by Vulcans and stuff. It's just like not really my thing like uh, it's yeah, true like, of, of like a lot of discovery stuff but like watching her in New Girl I was like oh yeah like that's I like her in this like it was nice okay. to like get confirmation that like sometimes it is just like the role and not the performer but anyhow <laughs> Hi, everybody, and welcome to Out of Contracts, the show where two guys who have seen part of Star Trek try to watch all of it in no particular order. I'm Ryan Howard.
1: And I'm Brady Jungle.
0: And today, as you might have guessed from our Space Jam opening, we are talking <laughs> We are talking about uh, Star Trek Discovery. So we are talking about uh, Vaulting Ambition, which is Season 1, Episode 12 of Star Trek Discovery. And the Memory Alpha synopsis is Burnham heads to the ISS Sharon Or Sharon. Ch- I don't know what to say. I've, I've been doing a bunch of research on... Um, Greco-Roman myth lately. Yeah, I guess they should probably for my uh, this game I'm working on. So everyone, go check out uh, Hapamaca's Victorum if you want to play a cool gladiator games based in uh, Greco-Roman mythology. But I have not had to pronounce Sharon, I think, out loud before. So I'm not sure whether it is uh, how you pronounce that. But I'm going to say Sharon right now. So yeah, uh, Burnham. Vegas
1: casino in space.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Burnham heads to the ISS Sharon with a special gift for Emperor Giorgio Back on board the Discovery, Stamets gains clarity while trapped inside the Messiel network with his Terran counterpart. And Saru asks for Lorel's help to deal with Tyler. Sharon is for listeners who don't know that's the name of uh, the kind of the flagship of the Mirror Universe's uh, empire in in this episode. But also that is the name of. The ferryman who takes souls across the river Styx in Greco-Roman mythology. So, so uh, yeah, that's. Have we done another mirror universe episode of this? Or no, we haven't. Not, cause a, of,
1: not a discovery. No. Yes,
0: because so we've because the other ones we've done, we did we did like the one with where Burnham's trying to figure out the tardigrade. The
1: tardigrade. And then, and we, then the finale, yeah, which is I after think those the mirror are the only universe. Two so. we've- I think so too. We were talking about this of like I think we've only done three Discovery episodes now. And they've all been from the first season.
0: Yeah, so this uh this episode is one of four that take place in a mirror universe that that are in in this season of the show. There's there's a couple that uh that mostly take place in the mirror universe in season three again. But um uh, yeah, this is another foray into the mirror universe. This is the second to last episode, so we'll probably have to like kind of weave in or out of the other episodes a little bit to explain. Yeah, some Discovery
1: stuff. is one that's hard to yeah. like summarize the plot of one episode. And
0: yeah, I mean, I don't want to be. I, I think at this point, if you you know you if you have listened to the show regularly, like you know that I'm not a big Discovery fan, especially not the first season of Discovery. And I don't want to be like too too negative about the show. But
1: so, so this might be a short episode.
0: Well, well. So I, I think I want to say at the at the top that like, this is a flaw I think that is not really explicitly related to Discovery as a as a specific entity, but just this is this is a trend that Discovery has just kind of unfortunately gotten caught up in, which is the trend of serialized TV and how so much of it is no longer episode based and it's like the, the yeah, stupid thing that, that everyone says like oh we were actually making a 13 hour movie you know right. and that I think is one of one of the the little things on this on this episode that this kind of bugs me which is you know you, we read it on like the the memory alpha thing where there's all these just different names about like oh Burnham does this for Giorgio and then on the Discovery Stamets gets clarity while he's in the network and saru asked for laurel's help to deal with tyler and it's like the reason why that, that's all worded that way is because these are all things that it just kind of had happened and been
1: going on yeah that they never bother explaining why stamets is in the mycelial network or what's wrong with tyler and why laurel is there on the ship yeah
0: and, and i'm not saying that they even need to be doing those things because it's you know if you are serialized, so you've been watching it but i i think that like it makes the episodes kind of like a little less satisfying, a little shaggier when like I like the how most yeah. Star Trek's have like this even the ones that are are more serialized like have this kind of thing where like you have like a beginning, middle and end like takes you through an overarching story okay. whereas this this yeah. one it's just kind of like there are things that I guess like are resolved and things that start in this but it also just kind of feels like you are really jumping in like midstream yeah. in a way that's a little bit less satisfying to watch as like an actual if you're not binging it, like it's not as fun to watch.
1: Yeah, which I guess is kind of the the difference. Like now that these shows are being released, like on stream a streaming service primarily instead of like weekly television, um, and like obviously not being made for like syndication or those sorts of things. Like I feel like a lot of especially when Star Trek was coming out, that was a big a big thing with with making television. Because yeah, because I I feel like when, if you think about it, even like, Silver Age, Star Trek, like, the things that are, like, even things that are, like, two-part episodes, each episode still is kind of, like, like, even something like Best of Both Worlds, like, yeah, they're connected in their one overall story, but each episode kind of tells its own story, and is like, they're about kind of different things, right? Like, the first episode is much more about, like, the interaction between Riker and this other, like, specialist that's being brought on. Shelby, yeah. Yeah. And, like, figuring out what's going on with the Borg. And then, like, the second episode is all about reclaiming Picard and and that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, or or Um, maybe the ultimate example is the the birthright uh, that we watched, uh, like, a few months ago. Where, like, the first episode has a totally... Self-contained story with data that is not even mentioned in the second episode, and, yeah. and like for the wharf stuff, it's like all him trying to get to this place, and then he gets there at the end. And the second episode, like the episode we watched for Birthright, like if you just had something where like if you had like a wharf doing like personal log, this happened to me. Yeah, like it could be its own episode. Yeah, like know? I
1: went to I went to try to find my dad and ended up on this planet. Yeah,
0: it's definitely a different vibe, and I think. This is still me being critical of the show ultimately, but like it is not a unique thing, I don't think, to like, you know, I, I see this with other modern drama I watch sometimes where it's just like it's all designed to be binged or streamed or, or whatever. It it feels a little bit less less satisfying as like a like a bite-sized, like chunk of narrative. To just is, watch an
1: episode of TV.
0: Which yeah. is like one of the central pleasures, like you were saying, of other Star Trek shows. So Yeah. Um but yeah, so this episode was written by Jordan Ardino and directed by Hanel M. Culpepper, and uh, yeah, so Brady, why don't you take us in to the episode, what happens on this one?
1: Yeah, so we just watched it, and I'm trying to remember, I should probably pull up my, um, how it's,
0: Well, so it, so it continues, so so like...
1: Uh, yeah, I it, guess it starts with, I think all, all of the Discovery episodes start with like a previously on Discovery, just kind yeah. of because of this problem. But basically sort of where we are is Discovery has wound up in the Mirror Universe... Where in this universe, the mirror universe version of Burnham and of Lorca, who's the captain of Discovery at this point, are both kind of like missing, like presumed dead, I guess. Yeah. Um, That Lorca was leading a rebellion against the Emperor and Burnham had like gone out to try to capture him and then they both got lost. Like no one's heard from either one of them.
0: Well, is that true though? Or like... Was she?
1: I don't know if we ever find out what happened to Mirror Burnham. Well, because
0: I, I thought that I thought that there, the implication was that she was. At she
1: least, actually at least like Georgia, ran off and
0: joined him. Yeah, Georgia was anyway. Suspects that she ran off to join
1: uh, Lorca because yeah, Lorca was I like
0: so. w- winning her over.
1: Yeah, and so they've come to the mirror universe, and so Burnham has decided to pretend to be Mirror Burnham. And is bringing Lorca to, sort of like bringing him to the Emperor as, to like find a way to get into the capital or the flagship, basically. Because what they're trying to find out is, they're trying to find a way to get back home to the regular universe. And the only thing they know is that there had previously been another Federation ship called the, the Defiant. That had crossed over from our universe to the Mirror Universe. And so they think if they can find out details about how that happened, they can figure out how to get themselves back.
0: And we were talking about this while we were watching, that, that the Defiant is, again, not, not the Defiant of uh, DS9 fame, although I think that that Defiant probably does go to the universe, Mirror Universe at some point, but this is a Defiant from from Enterprise, right?
1: Yeah, I think that story happens in in Star Trek Enterprise,
0: yeah, this so this is this is like chronologically the second entry of Federation ships into the Mirror Universe.
1: Right. Um, meaning that the first one production wise, like the, the original like mirror universe story from the original series is the third. Was actually the third time that there's been a crossover between
0: or kind of the fourth, if you if if you like the way that they did the mirror universe oh, stuff yeah. is weird. in... I guess in, yeah, if it happens more in in discovery, in discovery but it's not like the yeah. exact same thing. It's like almost like this weird like what if because it involves, spoilers um, well, I guess for season three of discovery, but it, it involves the guardian of forever. Uh, that, oh right. Um, yeah, that that they go to the mirror universe again in, in the in the third season. But
1: anyway, um, anyway, uh, and uh, like yeah. I forget if you have said it on this show or just. You said it to to me, but, like, that they made a good Mirror Universe story once, and have <laughs> just, like, failed miserably to yeah. recreate that ever since. Yes. Because you it, don't even really like the, the like, DS9 Mirror Universe stuff very much, right? Yes. Yeah, or, so I don't know, I think now the, that you've seen all of it, I guess. Well,
0: yes, yeah, so since the last time we talked about that, I watched, I've seen all of DS9. The last Mirror Universe episode of DS9 is pretty good. I think... More than any of the other ones that I've seen, it leans into like what is fun about the mirror universe from the first episode, where it's like it's a Ferengi episode, and like I love a Ferengi okay. episode, but it's like it's like you know, so like Quark has to go rescue the Grand Nagus from the mirror universe, and so he goes oh, there, and it's like he meets Brunt, but Brunt is nice, and like he he gets kidnapped by Ezri. But since Dax isn't dead, like, she's still Ezri Teagan and not Ezra Dax. And she's, like... She, like, wears, like, a leather jacket. And she's, she's a lesbian. Like, it, it's just much more, like, fun than, like, all oh, the other ones where it's just kind of, like... Where it's, like, Nana Visitor is having fun and no one else and is, no like... And, and, and credit to Nana Visitor, like she's she's going for. It. Like I'm not I'm not really being critical of her in those episodes, but just like those episodes just don't really do a lot for me. But then that that last one is pretty fun. But I would still say ultimately that like, yeah, generally speaking, that's that's so far the only other one besides Mirror Mirror that I've watched where I was like, Yeah, that was good. Like <laughs> Um Certainly these ones the Mirror Universe thing is part of it, but then just like the tone of them the show is like that too. But
1: Yeah. And this is very much like probably the darkest even for season one that things get because this is after as part of them getting to the mirror universe like stamets got sort of like overloaded by navigating the ship and so he's in a coma and like wandering through the mycelial network and like this is also after the whole thing with ash tyler having been combined with the klingon vok sort of, like, comes up, so he kind of breaks and, like, turns into Vogue, but is still, like, going insane because he's still got Ash Tyler in him, he's and just, he, just, he, just, he, just he just murdered Hugh, who's, like, the nicest person on the show. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, Saru um, is. Saru's, Saru's great. Saru's great. Um, yeah, so there's kind of, like, three, as it said in the synopsis, like, there's kind of three yeah. different things going on where there's... And
1: they're all terrible. Well. <laughs> well, uh, just that they're all, like, very, like, dark and, like, depressing yeah. subjects yeah because
0: so, so yeah michael and and this is something i do think is kind of fun like i think the reveal even though i don't like the mirror stuff i think it's like a pretty good like if you're going to do this the reveal that that lorca is mirror lorca is like kind of cool Like and, and having yeah. watched that season a couple times like been like oh yeah this is a little bit more enjoyable to watch now that i know that like because i remember watching the first time first like, this guy is such like, a jerk and then, yeah and then he's I'm just like, like oh 50
1: yeah and like yeah, he's just yeah. a jerk, and like, and then watching it again, when you're like,
0: oh yeah, that's that's
1: why he's a jerk. He's, he's just, a mirror yeah, universe guy. Yeah, he's straight up evil.
0: And so it is, it is like kind of fun to be watching it and be like, okay, so this is regular Burnham pretending to be Mirror Burnham, and then it's Mirror Lorca pretending to be regular Lorca who's pretending to be Mirror Lorca. Like, right. which is that there's like something like fun about that. Um, yeah. But yeah, so there's the three tracks going on. So like, the, those two are trying to infiltrate um, the the Sharon. I think just to get some data they about how to that, get like, back. If anybody to them.
1: has data about the Defiant, it would be like the Emperor.
0: Yeah, although then you um, find out at the end of the episode that that was why Michael wanted to be there, but why Lorca wanted to be there is because he wanted to try to take over the ship.
1: Yeah, um, and that really he's kind of orchestrated like this whole thing. Like he sort of like made the thing happen that that sent their the ship into the mirror universe because yeah. he was trying to get back and like rebuild his rebellion and, and, and like. He- I guess going all the way back to, like, why he, like, picked up Michael and, like, when she was on this, like, prison shuttle and, like, got her on the Discovery and all of that.
0: Yeah, because he knew he wouldn't be able to get back onto the the, the ship without her. Yeah. So.
1: And um, I think even why he's, like, commanding the Discovery yeah. is because he knows he needs the, like, fungal drive. mm mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, So, yeah, I guess that's the reveal at the end of the episode. Is as you know, Michael eventually kind of has no choice but to reveal to uh Giorgio, who's the in this in the mirror universe is like the emperor of the whole Terran Empire, um, that like she's coming from like she's from a parallel universe, which Giorgio, I guess, is like the only person who knows about kind of this history of what happened with the Defiant before, Mm -hmm. and so and so she's like, You have to help us get back, and then. She's like, well, you know, I have Lorca from my universe, and Giorgio's like, well, you can't trust him. And then Georgiou, as Giorgio starts to tell her about all of the things that Mirror Universe Lorca did, that kind of like, it's a little bit contrived, but like basically, like she says all these things that like parallel things that Michael remembers Lorca saying, um, and then Michael like figures out that that who we thought was just Lorca in our universe is actually. Lorca from the mirror universe and then at the same time he like escapes from his cell and that's I think the end of the episode is like him escaping and being like ha 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 now I'm gonna take over the the palace yeah um Uh, which yeah I think is the first time that I actually like like I like Jason Isaacs as an actor and I think it's the first time I like liked this character is when he actually gets to kind of become like fully bad instead of just being like Kind of weird and creepy.
0: Yeah, because I really just don't like that character at all at the beginning, where when you're just like, why is, why is this like the galaxy's worst Starfleet captain? (laughs) And then it's like, oh, okay, I get it, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it seems to be suited to him. And and so it's like it's one of those things where it's it's like I guess I kind of have to give him credit. It's it's just like a thing of like where like all of the stuff that we're saying I think is actually like. Now I think the like, other the, purpose. the <laughs> other the other two things the other two subplots I I don't feel this way about um but like I think all of this stuff where it's like I think this is all like good on paper it's it's like oh yeah like that's a good idea yeah. I guess and it's just like I still just don't find it very enjoyable to watch um
1: yeah that's but like fair.
0: you know I mean I give them credit I guess like they're they're doing it you know they're they're doing what they what they intended to do I think and they're doing it in like a fine way it's just not really for me. And so then while that's going on, yeah, then you have Stamets is trapped in the Maseo Network and you, he ends up kind of like recreating in his mind like a replica of the ship, which is, I wrote, yeah. down, I wrote down. It's like, not only do I not like Mirror Universe episodes, I also hate Mind Palace episodes. Of, of not just Star <laughs> Trek, like any... If you have a Mind Palace, get me out of there. You know, like I... I okay. It, where it's just like, it doesn't... Nothing, nothing makes sense or
1: matters or anything. Where, where it's just kind of like... Just, it's like it's like the ship because this is how I envision the ship in my mind. And like, yeah. now I have to like walk to engineering, which is over here. Yeah, like in the, my own mind. Look at like the mycelium is chasing me, and so I have to go into
0: engineering. so I can't him in the hallway and it's like, well, what does that mean, like in the context of your brain, you know? I mean, like, the computer still works because, like... Yeah, one it's at one point he, he, like,
1: talks to the computer... And,
0: and like, asks to turn on an opera, and it's like, well, does he remember every note of that opera? Because if he doesn't, how is that happening? I guess, like, maybe because he's interacting with, like, a facsimile of Culber's memory, maybe maybe yeah. Culber remembers it or something, but it's just, like... It's just it's all just kind of, like, them walking around and t- saying nothing until the episode ends. I, yeah. I just can't abide that Um
1: at Yeah, all. I will say I did... I did think the scene, like, the last scene of that with him and Hugh, I thought was really nice. Especially because, I forget if it's the episode before this or or a couple before this, but the one one where, like, Hugh actually dies, I I remember thinking it was just, like, a really stupid death. Like, because it's just, like, Tyler, like, stands up and, like, snaps his neck and, like, walks out and leaves him dead on the ground. And it's, like, for someone who, like, was one of the few, like, likable people on the ship to have, like, such a dumb death. I feel like this was a much nicer scene because Stamets knows that he's dead and, like, in this, whether it's, like, the mycelium or his own brain or whatever, like, just, they kind of have this scene together where he says, like, I just want everything to be the way it was. And so he just wants them to, like, be in their quarters, like, talking normally and brushing their teeth. And he's just like, I just want to, like, for as long as I can hold on to just kind of like the normal mundane like mm-hmm. life that we shared together um which i thought like they i feel like they the two of them have like a very sweet kind of scene together and like there's there's good emotion with that
0: yeah i like that more than the other stuff i like that more than just like him and mirror stamets walking yeah around. like
1: that stuff is yeah i agree because yeah, it's, it's not until like the very end with i mean i i like wilson, like wilson cruz the guy who plays hugh a lot like
0: yeah, he, he does such a good
1: job with that character and like just kind of that like just sort of, like, very good person. Mm.
0: Yeah. Because, um, yeah, Mirror Stamets is in there also. And, like, most of that part is just, like, those two talking to each other. Mirror Stamets, Regular Stamets, which is not 100% my <laughs> bag. Uh,
1: mirror Stamets, who manages to be even more obnoxious than than Regular Stamets.
0: But I, I also, I read, I read this down because I was trying to find some good things to write, too. Like, I do think it's, like, cool how at the very end, which again I do think this is stupid, and so I think this, is, this is one reason why I think that that scene didn't really land for me is that like the the scene with Burnham does end with him being like, "You're in a coma. All you need to do is open your <laughs> so eyes." But it's like first and of all, he does. his eyes are open already. Like you keep on seeing him, his eyes are open, and also like that's not how comas work. That's dumb. And and but then, yeah. but I do think it's a good reveal because then you do see Stamets' his eyes open, and he's like, "I'm back," and then. And Cut out, out, and, and you and realize it's, it's mirrors, it's, it's mirror that's like, and he's on the ship that Burnham and Lorca yeah. are on. So you're like, "Oh no, he's going to go tell people. Are going to figure out what's going on with them?" You know, yeah, which is a yeah, good it's video. like it's good
1: filmmaking for sure. Like what they do with the cinematography of like him opening his eyes and then panning out. Yeah. Um. Again, like it doesn't actually make sense, but it's it's visually like well done.
0: Yeah. So then, um, yeah, that's going on, and then Tyler is just like at war with himself and. Saru, yeah. and this is actually probably the thing I liked the most about it because I hate Tyler's character and I don't really like the way they do the Klingons on the show either. But yeah. I do like Saru a lot, and Saru so, is
1: really good in like his few like scenes in this bit. I agree. Yeah, I, I, that was one of the like few notes that I took is like He's... Saru does such a good job in like in this part.
0: And he, even though he knows or he thinks that Tyler killed Culber, he still like feels pity for him and is like, you know, we. need you, you, you Lorel, need to figure out a way to save him. Like, you're condemning him to, to agony, you know,
1: and, and she's... Yeah. And, she, and the way he, yeah. like, first he kind of tries to, like, reason with her, and she's like, no, he's, like, this great Klingon warrior, and he's going to defeat you all, and I've won. And then, so then he, like, goes and tries to reason with her again, and... Eventually, resorts to he like beams Tyler into her cell so that she can see kind of how just to watch him how dive broken basically. he is. Yeah, yeah. And he he says something about because she she had said before like he you know Voke sacrificed everything and like that's just war and that's how it goes. And Saru delivers this great when he does that he's like this is a man that's like tearing himself apart mm-hmm. and like that is war. And then like turns to walk out and like yeah. So I I mean I love. I love Saru. Doug Jones, like, yeah, yeah, does he's so good with that character. But, but yeah, he just kills it in that scene. I feel like, like uh, his delivery and his.
0: This does raise, though. I think we've talked about this before. How, how, like, there's a lot of stuff on Discovery where it's just kind of like weird, un- unnecessary, like conflicts with existing Star Trek continuity. So, like, the thing we've talked about, I think, multiple times, is like the way that holograms work in in Discovery where it's just like, why do they use view screens later? And they, they have to try to explain it and stuff. And this was, I was thinking about this, so it's like, so I'm guessing probably the way to hand wave this away is to be like, well, it's it's the psychological element of of making Tyler and Volk a combined personality that is like the thing that that really has driven him mad. But they also do show these like, what appear to be like pretty graphic surgery scenes that seem to be very painful. Yeah,
1: they're kind of like, you know, just like quick like cuts where you can't really see what's going on. But yeah, it does look like they're like cutting him open and like shoving a Klingon inside of him. Yeah,
0: but then like there are multiple examples of beings genetically modifying themselves and other... Episodes of Star Trek where it does not seem like it, it even seems like pretty reverse, easily reversible. Yeah, because like you know uh, Barry Waddle uh, from yeah, from the, he's the
1: Klingon that looks like a human. That's right. Uh,
0: yeah, from from Trouble with Troubles and Trials and Tribulations is a, is a Klingon who looks like a human. And there's a a couple times in DS9. There's once where a Cardassian kidnaps Kira and and while she's unconscious, genetically modifies her into a Cardassian and tries to convince her that she. Basically, tries to convince her that she is what Ash Tyler actually is. (laughs) Where yeah, where she's like a Cardassian sleeper agent who forgot that she was a Cardassian. And then at the end of DS Nine, to go undercover, um, Gul Dukat genetically modifies himself to become a a Bajoran. So it seems like it's like kind of a casual thing that people can do. Yeah, not in this episode.
1: In this episode, there's the whole thing with Seska, where like she's actually. You know that she's a yeah. Card- i yes, I'm yeah. trying to think how far you've gotten, yeah. yeah, but she's like actually Cardassian that was like, I don't know if she was just disguised or like if they say she was genetically modified, but like.
0: I think she was genetically modified because like, I've seen her multiple times like since she revealed that and like, they're kind of showing her like Cardassian face like very slowly coming back where it's okay. like she's still got, and got like some, some like pink skin, but you can kind of see the stuff like starting to poke out and stuff. Uh, so it feels like it wasn't just like costuming or, or whatever. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, and so it's, like, is it just, like, the psychological element of it that is, like, making it hard for him? Or, or, like, it seems like, for good or ill, they have kind of, like, established that, like, you can just kind of do that, and it's not really that big of a deal.
1: Yeah, I think, I think, that, I think for this it is, they try to go the direction of it is a little bit more of, like, that he really is, like, two separate people yeah. put together. Not just, like, one person that's, like, modified to look human. But, like, until he's, like, activated, he's still like, thinks he is Ash Tyler. Um,
0: we've been kind of jumping around in this one. Yeah. Like, which is fine, because I already don't know that we even have to really talk about, like, the Stamets and Tyler stuff very much more, because it's like, that's basically what happens. It's just, like... Yeah. Lorella decides to help Tyler at the end, and...
1: Yeah, and so she basically she what she does like, is she, like, removes Volk from him, which... And again, like, they do... I feel a pretty good job with that. Like as they do that, like that essentially kills, like removing Vok from him. Like he still later on, I think has Vok's like memories and that, but like the actual like identity of Vok is basically like killed with that. And so she like does the Klingon, like kind of grieving like yell yeah after she finishes that.
0: Yeah, and then yeah, and then Stamets wakes up.
1: Yeah, and then like runs off to like do some stuff. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Do we even see what he does? I don't don't think we we see. No, he's he's kind of like
1: is this. He like says some like is like I have to like do something and like Tilly's oh, yeah, like oh go- no wait you shouldn't be
0: oh yeah because he goes and sees that the mycelium is, oh that's right they go
1: to, yeah that the because there's an infection in the
0: mycelium network that he sees while he's in the network and then he goes yeah. and checks on it and it looks like it looks like all the mycelium is is already they dead. Look dead
1: yeah um, which they say is like being caused by something that Mirror Stamets was doing yeah like some of his like experiments that were bad
0: I don't know does it behoove us to like talk a little bit more about the other
1: Yeah, I don't know that we, I guess, like, the story of, like, what happens with, like, Burnham. Because, yeah, that we kind of, like, skipped straight to the end. So, first, she's still pretending to be Mirror Burnham. And so, like, Giorgio is, I think this is where we find out this, like, backstory of Burnham in the Mirror Universe. Where she was, like, her parents died just like they did in the real universe. But then instead of Sarek, like, the Vulcans that raised her in our universe, um, she was taken in and raised by the Emperor by Georgiou Yeah, in this universe. And basically we find out that then Lorca had been her right-hand man, um, but then started this rebellion, but that, I think it's after, later on, that that she reveals that basically Lorca had been grooming Mira Burnham, and like, took advantage of her, and like, kind of con- converted her over to his side, and also there's this implication that they had, like, a sexual relationship as well, mm-hmm. and that then Mira Burnham ran off to to join him. And so, basically, they, like, try to play nice for a while, and then Giorgio reveals that, like, she knows all of this really happened, and that Burnham hadn't, like, gone to capture him. She had actually gone off to join him. And so she takes Burnham to be executed for treason. And that's when Burnham, that's when she has to reveal, kind of to save her own life, I'm not that Burnham, I'm a Burnham from... An alternate universe, and she gives her Prime Universe Giorgio's old like com badge. Yeah. <laughs> which is when she gives it to Mirror Universe Giorgio and says, like This is like the com badge from our universe's version of you, but it has like the quantum signature or something yeah. of, of my universe, which is different from yours. <laughs> and Giorgio has like a badge shaped quantum signature scanner. Just, yeah. like, built into her throne that she sticks it into. Just,
0: well, yeah, just in case someone from a mirror doors comes. It's like... Um, <laughs> which she does and, like, looks at it and she's like, oh, okay, I believe you. It reminds me of, that. that I think, the first episode we ever watched for the show of the original series where, where Kirk's, like, seat has, like, three buttons and, like, it's one like, of them is, like, eject this one specific
1: thing. Yeah, like. <laughs> it's like, go to red alert, go to yellow alert eject escape pod like yeah eject my childhood kill, rival into space. This man, this, yeah. right because that's the whole plot point is that he like hit the wrong button yeah but yeah it's a very similar thing that she just like has a scanner specifically for that that i think it almost looks like the badge just like fit, like slots into i think yeah kind of like maybe yeah. it's like memory foam or something i don't know
0: yeah and then th- realizing this, I still I've seen this episode three times now because I've re- I watched the show when it came out, and then I when I went, wanted to go watch season two and three, I rewatched it. And so after she discovers this, she kills everyone else in the room. I still don't yeah. really know why she does that.
1: I think just because of how tightly guarded the like existence of the other universe oh, okay. of a secret that is, like because that's what she says is like. Like, I think the Emperor is basically the only person who knows about, like, the Defiant and the Federation and, like, all this stuff from the Prime Universe because they're so afraid of what finding out there's another universe with, like, a Federation that is actually nice to other people instead of conquering them, like, what that would do to, like, shake the power structure of their empire. Yeah, that makes sense. It's just such a, like, tightly guarded secret that anyone who knows about it, Mm -hmm. like, has to die. That, that was the impression I got, because then, because she, like, as soon as she mentions, like, the Emperor is clearly, like, very familiar with, with this other universe, but I think, mm-hmm. but she talks about, like, how dangerous the knowledge of it is, which is kind of then gives her more motivation to get the Discovery and their crew out of their universe. Yeah. But she also then wants, access because, like, she finds out that the Spore Drive is actually capable of... Like how they were able to make it to this universe, she wants that like technology because she knows that that's technology that they don't have in there. Yeah, in their universe.
0: One one interesting bit of um, foreshadowing I, I noticed in this this time was that she kind of s- says something about how if you are in the the mirror universe for too long and you're a regular universe person, um, that's very re- universe normative for us to keep. On yeah, reading. I was about to say we do. But, but if you're a, I don't know a prime universe person like you kind of like start to go a little nuts or like kind of get yeah, like, get, like get your atoms start messing up and cuz that that does start to happen to her in season 3. Um, oh
1: to to, to, to cuz
0: Giorgio ends up accidentally I think, accidentally, going to the Prime Universe when Discovery goes back. And so they do. Yeah, so
1: then she's like in and out of season two and three, I think. Yeah. that's all Mirror Georgia.
0: Yeah, so in in season three, they kind of have to deal with like this thing of like her starting to kind of like malfunction, basically. Hmm. Um, So it's, it's an interesting foreshadowing. But so yeah, she decides to help her, and then that's when they figure out that.
1: Yeah, and so she starts kind of like explaining what Lorca did, and like various keywords trigger in Burnham's mind. And then I guess like the big reveal like maybe it is like the thing that kind of makes it all click is Burnham finds out that all Terrans have photosensitivity like that their eyes are super sensitive to light which was this kind of like weird like quirk that Lorca had that he said was from some like accident that his ship had had yeah um and Georgia's like, no, all, all, like it's the only, the only biologic difference that's never been mentioned before. Yeah, I don't, between, I don't think that's
0: in any other. I don't, I don't think that. Like, Terran Kirk and, has that.
1: Yeah, between Terrans and humans is that their eyes are super sensitive to light. And then she's like, oh, like that's when she figures out that Lorca is from the mirror universe, mm-hmm. which coincidentally happens right as Lorca like basically tricks this. This captain that had been torturing him into like letting him out and then uh, escapes. and yeah, he, yes, he, yeah, yeah, and he yeah, on yeah, his head. He, yeah, he
0: defibrillates this guy's head. He defibrillates his head to death, yeah, um, yeah. um I I gotta just say it. I gotta say it, and then we don't have to talk about it. but like, because I know I've talked about this before, this is the episode where I think my least favorite, not counting like, cultural or gender sexuality uh, insensitivity stuff so that's been another... Like, this has my least favorite occurrence that I've ever seen in any Star Trek episode in it, which is that when there's some scenes where, where like, Michael and... And you think Lorca, but I guess it's just Michael, ultimately, are basically having to, like, pretend like they know what's going on so they can pretend like they're yeah. part of the Mirror Universe. And so, like, she sees mirrors Saru uh, when she gets onto the ship and then she's told she has to pick a Kelpian and she doesn't know what for so she's like this so is she, you, picks she, she picks Saru and then later you find out that like she picked a Kelpian to be her parents so she could eat it and she's been eating Saru. And it's just like yeah. it's just so like gross and like just it's so like over the top like grimdark and just kind of like disgusting and I just it's just so not like Star Trek to me. It just really, really bothers me. And, and I think, like, to, especially because, like, you're contrasting it with, and I think this is ultimately, like, one of the biggest problems with the Mirror Universe stuff in this show specifically, but even with, to a lesser, de- a much lesser degree, the stuff from the other shows, which is that, like, it does not make sense for these shows to be this dark because, like, the subject matter is so inherently goofy, <laughs> like it, it, that, that's why that that last episode of DS 9s Mirror Universe arc is good because it's like it kind of goes back to that original premise of like what if everything was the same but different like and it's like that's and you, not like, let
1: the people really like play it up yeah
0: me. it's like that's not a serious premise you can't like you can't be like well somehow these two people who happen to be friends at the start of the show. In the other universe, she adopted her. And it's like that doesn't make any sense if you think about it for two seconds, how like all of these things could transpire so differently and yet everyone
1: And you still come across all the same
0: characters. Yeah, you come across all the same characters who are kind of like all in some kind of like weird anti parody of like what their jobs were in the other it's just like that's inherently silly, and then for you to try to graft like actual life and death stakes onto it is I just think so totally counterproductive to like what makes that interesting at all. Like so, just like her talking about like I adopted you and then and then this guy groomed you to to have sex with you and
1: and it's just like but you do, you're this like, is no longer a parallel of anything that happened in
0: well no no it's, it's just like that's that's just not a good premise to you you can't like you're they're having their cake and eating it too of like yeah like isn't that weird how in this version they still had a relationship and but then like she was the captain and now she's the emperor like and then, <laughs> then to turn that into like a story of like grooming and trauma it's just so you're trying to like make things work at cross purposes to each other
1: yeah um, whereas it works when it's just like what if good Kirk was on the bad ship and bad Kirk was on the good ship? Yeah, and like and bad. It takes everyone a while to figure out what's going on. Yeah, and bad Spock has a goatee. You know, like yeah. we
0: didn't talk about that in the episode we recorded last time. <laughs> oh, but it's right. Where it's like that episode is in its own way kind of a mirror universe episode because you keep on going cutting to like the Doctor's Hollow novel.
1: Yeah, uh, and on it's Voyager, just, it's just straight up like bad versions of all of our, like, characters we want Yeah,
0: and they even have, they all have, like, <laughs> fake names where they're just, like, like, Tom Paris, I don't even know said this, Tom Paris' name is Tom Mersai. Yeah. And, like, and then, like, everyone else, it's, like, Tuvok's name is Tuvok, and, and the, yeah, they all kind of look yeah. like...
1: And Tuvok has a...
0: And Tuvok has a goatee, you know? And so that, like, I think, almost, like, captures, even though it's not really a Mirror Universe episode, that captures, like, the spirit of fun that the original Mirror, Mirror Universe episode conveyed in a much more, I think... Authentic way, which yeah. is funny because they never did a mirror, mirror universe no, episode in Voyager. So, um, yeah. So that's my, and I know I, I'm sure I will continue to bring it up uh, when <laughs> we do more universe say, mirror we universe have episodes. Three but, more like, of these. but uh but I'll try not to talk about. I know I've already talked about the the eating Saru scene previous to this, but yeah, just really, really, no no pun intended, leaves a bad taste in my mouth. Uh, <laughs> but anyway. I'm sorry if you like uh, Discovery, it's season one of Discovery, not my thing, I don't think really your thing very much either.
1: Yeah, I will say, and and maybe this episode not as much as some of the other ones, but like, I feel like when I was watching through season one, I like, the Mirror Universe episodes felt like, seemed a little bit more fun to me than some of the rest of them, just because I felt like more things were happening, and like. I like the costuming a lot, like all the mirror, the, the, like, yeah, the, the aesthetics good. of the mirror universe in Discovery is like very cool. Like it's a neat, like they're, they're cool, like, the, like black leather
0: costumes. I, yeah. And, it's like, much more uh, and, fascist.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it all just looks very cool. Yeah, that's true. That is, that is a good point.
0: Like, the show looks good. I was I was thinking about that while I was watching. I was just like, it, yeah, it's it like, is really pretty. You know, for for the for the, you know, the scene with Saru, where it's like, yeah, like it's it's pretty impressive, both on Doug Jones's part and I think on like the costuming and makeup department's part. That, like you can have this character who is totally covered in prosthetics, still have like this very like felt. You know, emotion and and like, it's yeah. just like you know, just like yeah, like the set. The set design was all good looking, and and I like I even I, yeah, I like the costumes. I like the costumes both of the mirror people, and I've I've always liked the Discovery costumes and stuff too. Like production wise, I think like, the thing that I always think about when I watch Discovery is that like it really is. I think the best indication the enjoyment of Star Trek to me really is all about like. The story and the, the writing, because like,
1: because like yeah.
0: that stuff is cool. It's it's good to have that that you know good production values, and, and certainly you know we've seen with like something like Enterprise, where sometimes having no production values can really hurt your episode. <laughs> it's kind of, right. um, so it's not like it's sure. not important at all. But like ultimately, like yeah, like the the Klingons look more like people with stuff on their foreheads in Voyager than they do in in Discovery. But like, I'm still gonna like your Klingon episode more if it's done in this kind of more classical way then rather it's kind of being this like grim, dark
1: thing, you Yeah. Know? but
0: anyway, I think that's all I had. Anything else you want to talk about?
1: No, I think that's, that was it for this one.
0: All right. Well, thank you everybody for listening. Um, and we'll be back in two weeks with uh, the episode called business as usual, which is deep space nine season five, episode 18. So you can tune back in in a couple weeks to listen to that. In the meantime, you can check us out online. Uh, we're, we're on Twitter at Contracts. We're on YouTube at Out of Contracts. We uh, can be emailed at outofcontracts at gmail.com. And our website is outofcontracts.podbean.com. Contracts is spelled C O N T R E K S. You can also check out the other shows on the Kaleidoscope Media Podcast Network. There is Here's Johnny, which is a horror media podcast. There's That's Not How Science Works, which is a science and pop culture podcast. And there is Wizard Studies, which is a Harry Potter podcast. So check any of those shows out if you like any of those things. And we'll see you next time. Thanks, everybody.
1: Thanks, everybody. Bye.